Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and you are tuning in for part two of our How to Protect and Heal Your Thyroid series. So if you did not listen to the last episode, which was part one, I encourage you to please go back and do so because today's episode will feel a little bit incomplete if you have not listened to part one. In part one, I talk about how this idea of protecting and healing your thyroid is actually very important for everybody. Even if you do not have a known thyroid issue, even if you do not have a thyroid, even if you've had your thyroid surgically removed, this is very important because the thyroid impacts every aspect of our health. This is not just a fat loss thing. This is not just a metabolism thing. And if you're thinking, well, if I don't even have my thyroid, it doesn't mean that your body will not respond to supporting these accessory organs. It absolutely will. So this is very important for everybody. And I also shared in part one that I was recently diagnosed with some thyroid challenges that I'm working to resolve right now. This is where this episode came from, from my own research, diving in to find answers for myself and to share with you guys what I will be doing differently so that I can be as healthy as humanly possible for me. So please, if you haven't already, go back and listen to part one. We talk about what the thyroid is what it does. We talked about my recent diagnosis. We talked about the first couple of strategies that you can employ to protect or heal your thyroid, the importance of controlling your blood sugar and following what I call the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, which I go through in episode 195 of the podcast. We also talked about the link between your gut health, your GI health, and bacterial balance and your thyroid. Today we're going to be talking more about the link between food and your thyroid, food intolerances, micronutrients like iodine, selenium, vitamin D, as well as inflammation, and I will summarize the specific changes that I am making to really get healthier and heal my thyroid, which is very possible. Before we dive into that, I want to just share totally random and unrelated, something fun that I've been playing around with and I don't want you guys to miss it, over on Instagram. I don't know how many of you guys have the app Instagram. Uh, over there, I'm at Elizabeth Benton. Really tricky and hard to remember. I know I like to you know, confuse people. At Elizabeth Benton. They have this thing called Instagram Stories, which don't show up in your feed, 
but they do show up at the top when you click on somebody that's done a story. You see like unique content that only appears for 24 hours. So I've been doing little videos as I prepare my meals or when I'm at the gym. Um, and I think they're really cool and different. So if you aren't over there on Instagram, you can find me very easily at Elizabeth Benton. And I think the Instagram stories are cool and just some unique insight, especially as I'm making these changes to how I work out and what I do and don't do, what I eat, what I don't eat. Um, Instagram stories is a good way to sort of follow what I'm doing. All right. So let's kind of pick up where we left off in our last episode. And again, to sound like a broken record because everybody loves it, please go back and listen to part one if you want part two to really make as much sense as possible. So at the end of part one, we were talking about how your gut and your thyroid are so closely linked because your thyroid and your immune system are so closely linked and the, linked and the majority of your immune system resides in your gut. So if you have a thyroid issue, your gut will be impacted. And we talked about how important your gut health is, but if it's impaired, you have to know why it's impaired, what the problem is, if you want to solve the problem, right? So when we talk about how to improve gut health, like if you're understanding, all right, so if I want to protect my thyroid, I need to protect my gut, right? If you want to heal your thyroid, you need to heal your gut. But in order to do that, we have to know what the problem is. For example, supplementing with probiotics isn't going to resolve an issue if the problem isn't bacterial imbalance, but rather the problem is a food intolerance. So if you don't know what the problem is, then your solution might be totally useless, right? Some of the common problems that we see that impair the integrity of the gut and then lead to thyroid issues would be consuming foods to which you have an intolerance. Now, having an intolerance to a food doesn't mean you have this big allergic reaction and you're sick or you're breaking out or whatever. You can have a mild intolerance that you might not even feel or know, or you might feel it but you just think it's normal because it's just always been that way and you consume that food so frequently that you don't know that you would actually feel a whole lot better without it. So a mild or a severe or, or a very, 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 very uh, limited food intolerance could be the issue. Of course, bacterial imbalance could be the issue. Too many pathogenic or bad bacteria or not enough of the good bacteria, the probiotics, or both, Right? constipation can be an aggravating factor because this is a stressor on the gut that can lead to inflammation and impair the integrity of the lining of your gut. So constipation could be the issue that you need to address. You might not be producing enough acid, so you might be experiencing incomplete digestion, which is a separate problem all in and of itself. Now, when it comes to food allergens, this can be really tricky because, like I said, you might not know that you're sensitive to a particular food if it is a mild sensitivity. Now, obviously, celiacs know that they're intolerant to gluten. But beyond the extremes, sometimes it's really hard to tell. Now, one way to identify foods to which you have a sensitivity is to do an elimination diet with some of the common food allergens. Or if you suspect that you might be sensitive to something, what I would recommend is that you cut it out for two to four weeks, not have any of it. There's no like 
oh, I'll have less or, oh, I'm going to cheat because it's somebody's birthday. No. If you suspect that you have a sensitivity to a particular item, cut it out completely for two to four weeks and then slowly add it back in and see what happens. Now, that's the approach you can take if you think you have an idea of what you might be sensitive to. If you have no idea, you can eliminate all the most common allergens at once for several weeks and then add them in one at a time to see what happens. Now, I'm not suggesting this is easy. I'm not suggesting that you won't feel really limited in what you can eat for a few weeks. You probably will. But is that the end of the world if it means that you start feeling better? I would say no. And this is the approach that I am taking. I'm also taking a comprehensive food allergen test, but I don't have those results yet. So in the meantime, because I know this is an immune issue for me, because my thyroid antibodies are elevated, and since it's an immune issue, it's a gut issue, right? For two to four weeks, the things that I am cutting out, now keep in mind, I already don't eat grains or gluten or wheat so or beans, so all of those things by, by default are gone because I wasn't eating them to begin with. But in addition to the way I normally eat, I am cutting out eggs, dairy, nuts, and seeds for two to four weeks. Now, as I said, I also ordered a, a blood test and I didn't go through my doctor for this. I actually bought a comprehensive food allergy panel from a company called Life Extension. They're a supplement company, but basically they send you lab orders. You take the orders to like Quest Diagnostics or uh, you know one of those companies, and then you send it off to Life Extension and they send you a report back, uh, and it takes about four weeks to get the results. Now, you can have these tests done at your doctor's office, the reason I chose to go with the life extension test is because it tests for more things. So instead of testing, say, at my doctor's office for like 10 food allergens, this one's looking at like 40 or 50. So uh, that's the reason that I that I decided to do that. Um, but in the meantime, because I want to feel better now, I have cut out just in the last few days eggs and dairy and nuts and seeds. And again, I already was not consuming gluten or grains or wheat or anything like that that is also falls into the, the common allergen uh, side of things. So that is an option. Another major trigger for thyroid impairment that sort of chips away at thyroid health that you really want to address, whether you're trying to just protect your thyroid or you're trying to heal it all together, is inflammation. Inflammation. Inflammation can come from injury. Inflammation can come from eating these foods to which we are sensitive because that will trigger an inflammatory response even if you never feel it. It's happening internally. Inflammation can come from stress, physical stress or emotional stress. And inflammation can come from lack of sleep. So clearly for me, inflammation was and is part of my problem, even though physically my body feels pretty good most of the time. I was working out a lot. I wasn't sleeping well. My stress levels were very, very high. And of course, you know, part of this is the hormonal implications of inflammation. Inflammation raises your cortisol levels. Cortisol is a stress hormone. And when our cortisol levels are chronically elevated, it suppresses our body's production of active thyroid hormone. So whether this stress is physical from, say, exercising too much, or it's physical from consuming foods to which you are sensitive, 
or it's emotional stress that cortisol is going to suppress your production of your active thyroid hormones. So anything that elevates cortisol needs to be handled carefully. From a food standpoint, these pro-inflammatory foods need to be avoided if your goal is to protect or heal your thyroid. These pro-inflammatory foods include gluten. We all know that, you know, breads and and a lot of processed foods contain gluten. Um, Lectins. Lectins are found in grains, in beans, in nuts, in seeds, and in dairy. And saponins. Saponins are found primarily in beans and legumes. And if you're thinking, oh, I'm not much of a bean eater, remember that peanuts are legumes, okay? So these are the the big pro-inflammatory foods. And I want to take a minute to talk about gluten. If you have a thyroid issue, you really need to eliminate gluten and not kind of just when it's convenient or more days than not. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But If you have a thyroid issue or if you're concerned about a thyroid issue and really wanting to protect your thyroid, gluten has no no room in that equation. It's got to go. It's got to go. Here's the scoop on this. So gliadin is the protein component of gluten, okay? And gliadin is what triggers this negative reaction that we see in people who don't tolerate gluten very well. Now, the problem with gliadin is that the structure, the chemical structure of gliadin is very similar to the chemical structure of some of what is released by the thyroid. So in people who are sensitive to any degree to gluten, their immune system is attacking the gliadin And when our immune system responds to something, it basically sends messages to all the immune cells throughout the body and says, hey, if you see this guy here, this gliadin guy, attack him, kill him. Well, the body gets the message and it starts to attack gliadin and things that look like gliadin, which in this case is your thyroid. Now, here's what I think a lot of people don't necessarily know, and that's one of the things I love about about the podcast and the uh, accessibility of information. This, This next thing is a real game changer. When we look at the research, and I will link to it in the show notes, if your body is responding to gliadin, if you are launching an immune attack on gliadin, this immune response when you consume gluten, can last for up to six months after the initial exposure to gluten, okay? So, and Chris Kresser really goes into this very well, and I told you guys I linked to a free ebook that he has on thyroid issues that I think is really fantastic. A little bit technical at times, but fantastic nonetheless. So what what he says is, and he's kind of more blunt about it than I am, If you have a thyroid issue, there's no 80-20, there's no sometimes, there's no degrees of improvement when it comes to avoiding gluten because a single exposure can have immune repercussions for up to six months. So this is not like a good, better, best thing. If you have a thyroid issue, there is no 80-20, most of the time I avoid it, sometimes I don't with gluten. It's got to go, okay? If you aren't sure if you're sensitive to gluten, then do a short-term two- to four-week elimination test for sure, or get an allergy test. Um, 
And, and I would say that the ones you get at your doctor's office might have a higher threshold, so they might not trigger or report mild sensitivities the way that uh, some outside tests will do. Now, the other thing is, you know, when we talk about avoiding things, doing an elimination test or being 100% gluten-free or anything, a lot of people want to complain about it. And I don't, I don't think there's any value in that, right? Because... Your perspective is so powerful. And realistically, what we're talking about when we talk about eliminating food allergens, whether it's gluten or it's eggs or it's whatever, it's an opportunity to feel better. It's not a punishment, right? Perspective is everything here. Do you want to feel amazing or would you rather have eggs, right? I, I would rather feel amazing. Now, one more word on this gluten thing. There are some proteins that look a lot, like I said, uh, you know, there's sort of a mistaken identity thing with gluten and the thyroid that also applies to some other foods. So foods like corn, oats, and rice have proteins that are similar enough to gliadin that they can trigger an immune response in people who are sensitive to gluten. And we know that about half of the people who have celiac disease, and again, celiac is this highly sensitive to, to gluten or gliadin, about 50% of people with celiac disease also have trouble tolerating casein, which is the protein in milk, uh, and they continue to have symptoms of a food allergy response even after they eliminate gluten permanently. And the reason for that is because they're reacting to other things. So some of the things that they are likely to be reacting to would be casein, the protein in milk, or corn, or oats, or rice. And so if you find that you are absolutely sensitive to gluten, you definitely want to take a look at the milk proteins, the corn, the oats, the rice, just to eliminate anything to which you would be responding. Because remember, every time you consume something to which you are sensitive, you're creating this immune reaction, this inflammation in the gut that impairs the integrity of your gut. Not only is that going to impact your thyroid health, it's going to impact your overall health, okay? I lied. One more thing about gluten. Foods that contain gluten, we're talking about like breads and, and, and baked goods and any sort of whole grain, whatever. In addition to containing gliadin, the protein component of gluten, they also have um, other, other things like phytates that inhibit nutrient absorption and can trigger this inflammation in the gut. So it's not just the gluten that's the problem. It's also some of the some of the other substances in these foods that can impair nutrient absorption, that can trigger inflammation. Uh, so so they really do have to go if you have a thyroid issue. Another trigger for thyroid issues from a dietary standpoint that I want to mention is trans fats. Trans fats or processed fats, okay? And the reason for this is because these fats, trans fats, highly processed fats in processed foods, they oxidize or become damaged more easily. And the reason that this impacts your thyroid is because much of the conversion of your inactive thyroid hormone to your active thyroid hormone happens in your cell membrane. And your cell membrane is made up of fat. Where does that fat that makes up your cell membrane come from? 
It comes from the fat you eat. So when we consume these damaged fats or these fats that are more likely to become damaged, our cell membranes can become damaged. And so they're just not as strong as they should be. And that impairs their function and therefore impairs your ability to convert inactive thyroid hormone to active thyroid hormone. And guys, remember, this is true whether you have a thyroid issue or not. So one of the things that you can do here is work to reduce your consumption of processed foods, things that come in a box or a bag or a can. Stay away from what are called crop oils, like canola oil, corn oil, safflower oil. Get your fats from whole foods, minimally processed things like avocado, fatty fish like salmon, coconut oil. Now, one of the big areas of confusion and something I talked at length about with my own endocrinologist is iodine, iodine. When I went to Dr. Google and started Googling the fact that I thought I had a thyroid issue, one of the things that kept popping up was eat more iodine-rich foods, eat more iodine-rich foods, and I did. And when I went to the endocrinologist, she said, no, don't. It's not that iodine doesn't help. It's that iodine only helps if you're iodine deficient. And if you live in a first world country, you are probably not. You're probably not deficient in iodine if you live in a first world country. Doesn't mean you're not. I'm not saying you personally are not. I'm saying it's not as likely when you live in a first world country. In fact, the opposite tends to be a problem. Too much iodine, okay? So when iodine deficiency first became a real issue, many countries started fortifying with iodine, adding iodine to the food supply, adding it to table salt. And of course, that's in all processed foods. And then we add more of it to the food that we eat, right? So what my endocrinologist was explaining to me is that in the countries where iodine fortification happened, thyroid issues were increasing because there was just too much. And excess iodine can increase your immune system's attacks on your thyroid, okay? So for people who have a known thyroid issue, I'm going to link in the show notes to some research that shows that actually restricting iodine can improve thyroid function because more often than not in first world countries where fortification has happened, there is an issue of excess iodine. So you really want to be in this sweet spot with iodine, not having too little, but not having too much. My endocrinologist was sharing with me that years and years and years ago, farmers were using betadine to clean milk bottles. So betadine is an antiseptic that combines with iodine. And in addition to being in milk and in processed foods and in salt, it was just, it was too much. They went overboard. So I'm not suggesting that iodine isn't important, but what I am suggesting is that in first world countries, what tends to be more common is too much iodine, not not enough iodine. Now on the flip side, the micronutrient we tend to not have enough of is selenium. Selenium, and selenium plays a really important role in 
thyroid health. So it's protective of your thyroid. And one of the things that it's also protective against is too much iodine, right? So if you have too much iodine in your system and you have enough selenium, the selenium helps to protect your thyroid from the effects of too much iodine. Now, one thing to really pay attention here to is that you don't want to have too much selenium either. So supplementing with selenium is not as good of a strategy for the average individual as consuming selenium-rich foods. Selenium-rich foods include Brazil nuts, um, cod, shrimp, tuna, halibut, salmon, scallops, uh, chicken, eggs, shiitake mushrooms, lamb, turkey. Selenium is important not only because it's going to protect your thyroid from the effects of excess iodine, but it also, selenium also helps with thyroid hormone production and selenium helps to convert your inactive thyroid hormone to your active thyroid hormone. And the reason that selenium helps with this is because the enzymes... Anytime we have sort of like a chemical conversion, it has to be catalyzed by an enzyme. And the enzymes that do this conversion of your inactive thyroid hormone to your active thyroid hormone, the enzymes that make that conversion happen, they are dependent on selenium. So if you don't have enough selenium, then you are not going to be able to efficiently catalyze that reaction or trigger that reaction of inactive thyroid hormone to active thyroid hormone. But again, you really want, uh, unless you're under the care of a medical professional who's looking uh, at your micronutrient values regularly, which most medical professionals aren't going to do, really focus on getting your selenium from food, okay? Selenium also has really powerful immune-boosting benefits. And remember how we talked about the fact that thyroid issues are usually immune issues that impact the thyroid. So one of the things that selenium does to protect the immune system and boost the immune system is that selenium upregulates our body's production of glutathione. Glutathione is a very powerful antioxidant or protector of the body, right? So because of its immune-supporting roles, we see that when you have adequate selenium, you reduce your thyroid antibodies. You reduce the attacks of your immune system against your own thyroid. So focusing on those selenium-rich foods like um, like a Brazil nuts, uh, mushrooms, cod, shrimp, tuna, chicken, turkey, that sort of thing uh, can be really, really helpful. Vitamin D is also really big here, and it's because of vitamin D's role in supporting your immune system. Remember, this is all linked. The immune system, the gut, the thyroid, Vitamin D is going to be very, very important. So with that, what I want to do is summarize the changes based on part one and part two of this of this series here on protecting and healing your thyroid, the changes that I am doing. So I was being pretty consistent about meditating once a day. Now I'm meditating twice a day. And the reason for that is there are hormonal benefits, stress lowering benefits. And remember that stress causes inflammation. Inflammation impairs the integrity of your gut. 
And that is going to make this immune issue that starts in the gut worse for me. So now I'm meditating twice a day. I've also started doing 90 minutes of yoga at least five times a week for a lot of the same reasons. I've instituted a hard and fast end time for my work, which I think will help lower my stress levels and also help me get more sleep. I'm supplementing with vitamin D. I'm taking 7,000 IUs per day, and I will link to the vitamin D that I am taking over in the show notes at primalpotential.com. I am focusing on uh, selenium-rich foods, and then a few times a week, I am adding in a selenium supplement, not every day, because as I mentioned, you don't want too much selenium. Uh, I'm focusing on my bacterial balance. Now, there are many, many ways to do this. One is about not consuming sugar, not consuming processed foods, but I naturally do that anyway. So for me, making sure that I'm consuming good bacteria every day. Now, I can do this in food form with things like kimchi or sauerkraut. Uh, And if I don't have kimchi or sauerkraut in a given day, I will take a probiotic supplement. I'm also eliminating these known food allergens like eggs, dairy, nuts, seeds, and taking that allergy test, which I will also link to in the body of the email. I think it's really important for or the body of the email. What am I talking about? The show notes. Don't don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I'm new here. This is my first time. Um, but it's really important for everybody to listen to your body. I shared with you guys that I just wrote this off as stress. And in writing it off as stress and work and divorce and moving and all these other things, It got worse. Of course it did, because just like if you, I mean, I'm dealing with this with my car right now, quite literally, my brakes are squeaking. And every day that I don't take it in, they get worse. Because if we just ignore it or we say like, oh, it'll go away, it'll resolve itself, it just gets worse. So listen to your body. And if you feel like something's not right, if you feel like you're chronically tired, if you feel like all of a sudden, you know, for me, like I shared, I, I started bruising and I never had that before. I started getting headaches and I never got that before. If something changes, don't just ignore it or write it off as aging or write it off as stress. Be your own best advocate because if you don't, you create a worse problem. You're going to have to solve it. Your body is all you have, right? So I think it's really important to listen to your body. And I will wrap up with what I ate yesterday, which you guys will notice these start to look a little bit different because I am really working towards becoming as healthy as I possibly can be. I picked up a hypoallergenic protein shake, uh, which hypoallergenic means it's not whey. Uh, Whey tends to be more allergenic. Whey is great for people who aren't sensitive to it, uh, but I'm trying to get rid of those milk proteins for me while I do this elimination and see what I'm really sensitive to. Um, So the hypoallergenic shake was a pea protein. I had that uh, before my workout. I also had it again after my workout just for ease. And then for dinner, I made an artichoke chimichurri, which was so good. I've shared that with you guys before. It was um, artichokes in the blender with red wine vinegar and garlic and avocado oil and parsley and cilantro. 
And I added that chimichurri to my cauliflower rice just to give it some flavor, which was awesome. And then I had sizzle fish haddock, and I also put some of the chimichurri on top of that, and it was wonderful. So I hope this series was helpful for you guys. More than anything, I really want you to be listening to your bodies and really taking the messages your body sends to you very seriously. Hope you guys have a great day, and I will be back super soon with another episode. Take care. Are you ready to move beyond listening and learning and really change your life? Really live into your highest potential instead of just wishing for it and hoping something clicks? I want to do that with you. And that's why this fall, I'm hosting the first ever Primal Potential Women's Transformation Weekend, Ascend, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th. It will be a small group, but you can get your ticket and learn all the details at primalpotential.com forward slash ascend or by listening to episode 203 of the Primal Potential podcast. Here's what I know. Ascend will change your life and I would love to have you join me. See you this fall. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.